0: Welcome to Dennis Podman, a Chicago Bulls podcast that, like the Bulls, is back. Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Ferrigan. Uh Today we're recording on Monday, September 6th, and the Bulls have just completed their offseason, uh, signing Alize Johnson and Stanley Johnson, Johnson and Johnson, uh, as well as Matt Thomas, who is getting a, a camp invite, um, and for a discussion of. Fringe NBA players. I could think of no better person to talk to than uh, my friend Brian Schroeder, um, Brian J Draft on uh, uh, on Twitter.
1: And no, no, nothing, never anything else.
0: Never had an account before that. Absolutely never <laughs> it was. Is definitely a good boy who's never been banned from Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, Brian is a a fan of the the, he's the fringe NBA player, knower, uh, draft expert, and fan of thick-jacked frames. So uh, t- two players uh, who I think Brian has had some some fond feelings for uh, that the Bulls signed uh, at least in the past. I don't know where you're at with them uh, so far, but welcome, Brian. Hello. Um, all right, so I think we'll we'll start with uh, dis- a discussion of Alize because I think he was. They signed him second today, but, uh, or at least- He got a bigger broke. deal. Yeah, he got so. a bigger deal, and he was more uh, exciting to me. Uh, he was signed for two years. Um, not, a, not a ton of money. I think it was like 3.6, so uh, I think that's like the minimum, basically. Um, but he got two years, as opposed to, I think, Stanley, it seemed like he only got one year. Um, and, but anyways, I, I was higher on the Alize move than than Stanley, so I, we, we can start with him. Um, and uh, I don't know a ton about Alizé Johnson, uh, he, despite just saying that he was he was higher on my list. <laughs> I, I have to admit that I haven't been able to watch a lot of the uh, 200 or so minutes that he played last year. Uh, so, Brian, I, I know that you know a lot about uh, most of the guys on the fringes of the NBA. Uh, what's the quick <coughs> scouting report on, on Alizé Johnson?
1: For, uh, Fort Wayne Mad Ants legend, Alizé Johnson. Um, he is... Like he may not be good. I still I'm kinda he's the classic guy that I will always be a fan of though because he was at Missouri State and he was like a per minute monster in the Missouri Valley Conference, which say what you want about the Missouri Valley Conference, but I mean Loyal Illinois plays there, Drake plays there, it's like there's good teams. Like Bradley I think Bradley's been good in the past. Southern Illinois, Illinois, uh who had a, a a relative of Scottie Pippen on their roster recently. <laughs> Um Danny Pippen, is that his name? I can't remember his name. Um uh, not Scott, not Scotty Jr., obviously. Um he would he would obliterate that small little. He's pretty good. Um uh future bull Scotty Pippen Jr., I imagine. Because if he doesn't get drafted, I imagine they're just gonna bring him in. And they should. Like he's probably gonna be a player. He's just he shoots. Um anyways, Alize is in the G League, was just he's a classic 4A G League guy. Really, he's too good to have he's played like. I oh, like oh, I think it was like 23 2400 minutes in the G League. Yeah, he's played and, there three years. And is like a career 18 and 14 guy. And then it's like four assists like he can pass a little. He he's a he can pass in the sense that he's going to like hit bring the ball up court and throw the ball to somebody for a corner three or something. He's not like a creator, which is fine. They don't need Bulls have no need for creators right now, I think. Um Alizé is interesting because um it's really translated to the NBA in a way that a lot of these, like, small school, like, uh, weirdo, Atheus, Sheffers, Lamine Janet types haven't really. He has been an awesome rebounder in the NBA. He has, let me see if I can find it, a 31.6 defensive rebound percentage in 371 NBA minutes. That's a lot. <laughs> a 14.5 offensive rebound. So it's not like he's just vacuuming up easy Westbrook style boards. Like, that's a dominant. He's like a dominant rebounder, Tw- over yeah. twenty rebounds per hundred possessions in his career. Like that's that's crazy. That's a lot of rebounds. Yeah, uh, and at,
0: at, at three hundred minutes too. I, I think it's important for context. Like three hundred, almost minutes, almost four hundred. Yeah, that's enough. That's enough uh, of a sample for things like rebounding. Mm-hmm. Rebounding stabilizes really, really fast. Um, to give it some statistical. Uh, sort of context mm-hmm. that 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 stabilizes really really fast so those numbers i think maybe he doesn't stay a 30 percent defensive rebounder over like a much larger <laughs> sample but like he could be pretty close to that uh, maybe and, he does
1: if he's going to be playing like bench minutes so i don't know like that's yeah, that's a frightening amount of rebounds and like i said um i think he was like a pretty good o-rating guy last year if i remember correctly because he just kind of figured out i think i think the nets the pacers were really trying to make him like a mismatch Siakam style guy. Imagine that, a guy playing in 2018 19. It was a Siakam style guy. But I think the Nets, when he played for the Nets at all, because they, again, that's no team needs creation less than the Nets do. He just was a rim runner and like a transition guy. And like, he's not a great athlete. Like, I don't think you're going to be throwing a of lobs for him, but he just is a hustle. He just runs. That's what he does. He just runs the floor really hard. Um, we'll, we'll commit a lot of dumb fouls because he just plays too hard. It's not. Good d- defense, but I don't think he's like bad. He's just kind of there. Um, if I remember correctly, he was a yeah. He's a negative point one defensive box box plus minus guy for his career, which t- basically nothing doesn't say anything one way or another. um I'm trying to remember what his shooting splits were. If I can look,
0: he's pretty elite around the yes yeah, so around the rim. Around he's the, great. Yeah, he's a
1: garbage. Rim. He's a great garbage man too. And yeah. they don't really have one since that's now that that's gone. Of a guy who's just gonna like get offensive rebounds and get score easy putbacks and do two or three tips, so also, I, I really think he has a role. But I
0: was ahead. gonna say also, much like Thad, he he is a uh, has a fondness for the push shot. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably probably even more so than Thad. Uh, he he likes the the little uh, floater from five feet away from the rim or you know between five and ten feet. He's uh, quite good at that shot.
1: He put up, per 36 last year, 17.9 points and 17.1 rebounds at 2.7 assists with one steal and one block, so, like, not nothing. And I think he shot 37% with the Pacers a couple years ago, and he shot 16%. He's between there somewhere. Like, he'll shoot some threes. He's not a shooter, though. You're not going to be running anything for him, but...
0: I was going to say about that, like, his... I I pulled up his G League stats, like on over the three years that he played in the G league, he shot 181 threes and he shot to
1: make him that. Yeah.
0: They, they, that was, he shot 36% over, over that sample. So that's not, you know, that, that's like a decent sample of, uh, of three pointers and he wasn't awful at them. He's also like consistently been a over 70% percent free throw shooter. He gets Ronaldo's to the line a Motex. lot too.
1: Yeah. Especially in college. But, He's a, he lived at the line because again, playing that level in college, he just like, ran past everybody and got to the rim. Like that's what Siakam did. <laughs> that's the one comparison you can make. Um I think he I think he will be the third center until simonovic proves he can play. Um and I think that's fine. I think that's I don't think they need three big plotting guys. Yeah. I'm not even sure I'm not even sure you need two, but it's probably a good idea to have a cycle. And they got a very good one. They got Tony Bradley who like Alice a, is like a super outlier good rebounder. So,
0: yeah. Well, it definitely seems like they're they're focusing on finishing possessions because they don't. Yeah. Uh, I think that a lot of teams, especially teams that um, want to play small, which we can get into this a little bit more later when, once we finish talking about Stanley. But it does seem like philosophically the Bulls don't really believe in traditional power forwards. They have basically signed nothing but big wings to fill that slot including uh, they moving Pat down or I mean it depends on how you view it I mean mm-hmm. is Pat the power forward or is it going to be Damar I mean either way you're having I think you can view,
1: it, I can view it either way I would say Alizé is a traditional power forward as much as that exists in the NBA because he's a guy who will play in the front court who's mm-hmm. not a rim protector not a primary rim protector so he's a power forward like that sure that's what that is now I think that's kind of what that is
0: yeah like, I just, I guess, I mean, he's not really plotting. Like he's he's yeah. wing he's wing sized, and he's he's his hips move well enough that you can um, reasonably throw him in switches. And so yeah, but awesome
1: by role. the traditional power forward, you mean like the Otis Thorpe kind of guy. Like that guy doesn't really exist anymore, though. That's the NBA. Yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, I, well, I, I guess- always
1: hear the traditional power forward like Othella Harrington, like that style guy. That's always the guy I kind of envisioned as it. Or yeah. uh, so that I think that's more Alize is that guy. But that's only one on the roster. Yeah. So
0: I was going to say, too, I, f- to me, when I think of the traditional power forward, I, I always think of Derek Favors. But I guess Derek Favors mm. is just like a center now, <laughs> you yeah. know, like uh, in the in the league. He's like, uh, you know, that that's basically what he does. And Maybe Derek Kenyon Favors, Martin
1: is a better example of a traditional power forward. More people know Kenyon.
0: That's, yeah, that's fair. Or even um, uh, speaking of guys that like uh, flip shots. Oh, um, uh, what was his name? Anton Jameson. He's mm. like very much a Kenny. Kenny, th-
1: Kenny Thomas is a traditional power forward. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: um, um, a guy who I th- once thought was awesome because I, when I collected cards in the early 2000s, I was like, this guy was like 13, 14, and 12. He must be like a star. <laughs> and like he, he got a lot of rebounds, but yeah, he sucked. He was not very good. <laughs> sucked is strong. He just was not a very good NBA player. Yeah. Well, um,
0: it, it, you know. Uh, Sometimes, sometimes uh, fourteen and twelve doesn't hit the same, Mm -hmm. (laughs) depending on who's doing it. Fourteen and (laughs) twelve
1: on the Kings in like two thousand six is
0: yeah, it's a little different. Um, Well, that was Kevin,
1: Kevin, the Kevin Martin era.
0: (laughs) That was remembering some guys (laughs) that Mm -hmm. played power forward. Listen to me, I
1: I have I have like fourteen thousand basketball cards. I can remember guys with the best of them, (laughs) as long as they played in between nineteen ninety four and two (laughs) thousand nine.
0: so malcolm, that's where, malcolm, that's, malcolm
1: thomas that's a guy to remember saying, so
0: that's, that's where your uh, your encyclopedic knowledge of uh fringe nba guys comes from is that uh, you mm-hmm. your your card collector <laughs>
1: that seems it is a pipeline like that's a pretty thorough like that's a pretty d- dependable pipeline of guy
0: Ab- absolutely um so yeah alizé i think he's he's uh looking at all of like his advanced like impact metric stuff he grades out typically as basically a neutral or slightly plus off uh, defensive player mm-hmm. um and he's a pretty consistent uh plus offensive player i think um depending on what uh metrics you're looking at um and he was as you mentioned he was like a 130 o-rating guy um you know which o-rating isn't everything and obviously for guys with low usage you know being hyper efficient is what you want to see yeah that, that's it's
1: more like it 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 O rating for me, especially for that kind of guy, is like, it's really only notable if it, if it's like, oh, it's like a seventy five. Like, oh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like a 15, like,
0: 15 usage, seventy five O rating guy. Oh, he's not an NBA player. Yeah.
1: yeah. Whereas it's like with Tyson Chandler, we all freaked out when I remember. I remember people talking about like when people really started looking at like in the public sphere started really looking at O, ra- o rating, and Tyson Chandler had like a one forty that one year. We're like, oh my god, is he the best offensive player in the NBA? It's like, no, he's not. No, he's he just, just extremely. He's e- <laughs> just extremely efficient. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I was in
0: he does nothing but get rebounds and, and uh, get lobs and dunk the ball. <laughs> like, yes. Al- Alizé
1: fits in to me really well with the, the, the three of these guys. Like, I think people are talking about the, the Troy Brown with this group. I think Troy Brown is locked into a rotation spot because he can guard down. He yeah. can guard guards. And, like, none of these other guys can do that. But Derek Jones – Derek Jones can kind of guard. I, I, I would be confident enough putting him on two guards, but not point guards. Uh, Derek Jones, Alizé, and Stanley – I think two of those guys are going to see minutes. One of them is going to be like a main rotation guy. One of them is going to be a minutes guy. And then probably Stanley is going to be either not make the team or going to be the the bench guy. Um, and then like, honestly, Javante could play some four also, but I, I don't think I, he's a vibes guy. Like I said, he's not, I don't think they assume he's going to play minutes. They just like him because he's cool, which is fine.
0: Yeah. Also, he's he's probably their secret weapon and trying to recruit Jason Tatum into <laughs> re- requesting a, requesting a trade uh, to to his close to hometown team. <laughs> um,
1: that's
0: that's my new conspiracy theory. I had the Jokic uh, to the Bulls conspiracy theory. Now I, now it's uh, Jason Tatum uh, going to be recruited by Javante uh, just, um, just just because they're such good pals.
1: Yeah. Um. But uh, um, Alize, I think, is the close is is like the main. I mean, Derek Jones is, I think, <laughs> the only the only concern I have with these signings is I do think Derek Jones, is, Derek Jones, is a four. He's a big wing, mm-hmm. but I think he'll play regardless. But like Alize and Derek Jones and even Stanley, although Stanley has more concerns, those are transition players. Yeah, like really, they really are. Alize and Derek Jones can attack closeouts and maybe shoot a little, but those are guys you want to run with those guys and that tells me honestly that they are going to play a lot of staggered minutes with Zach on the floor and Demar not on the floor cuz Demar is a more a slower paced player yeah and they may even they may even be preparing for Pat to be staggered out with that so i'm really thinking they're probably looking like what this really tells me is they they want to play a lot of second and third quarters with Zach and Lonzo on the floor and they want Lonzo to just throw just go because you don't have Derrick Jones and Alize on your team, if those if those those guys are going to run, like like they're on fire, like you, Lonzo will throw them four court lobs, like that's going to happen, and that rules.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been looking forward to Lonzo throw. I mean, uh, I said it on episode one with John, but I like spent uh, um, you know part of an afternoon just watching highlights of Lonzo throwing outlet passes <laughs> because he's know, great think, at it as as one does um but you know he threw multiple full court alley-oops to zion and i'm just looking forward to him doing that with zach uh Derek jones jr uh caruso can get up on things like that mm-hmm. um pat of course pat yes uh like there's just gonna be they're gonna have so much so many opportunities in transition and like uh you know, again, we talked, John and I talked about this in episode one. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, how are you going to play transition with Vooch or whatever? And it's like, well, you transition, like, you run as many guys out as you can. And then if you don't get a basket off of that, then you can flow into, you know, half court offense. And I them. even
1: think, I even think if they're going to be playing this, these kind of lines against bench team, bench lineups, throw Alizé at the five, throw Derek Jones at the four. Troy Brown of the three, Lonzo, Zach, just get like four or five minutes of just running. Run yeah, those guys out.
0: Yeah. Run the uh, run the opposing team's bench like off the floor, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I think that like um, it, it just, it, you can definitely kind of start to see a, uh, a team building sort of philosophy mm-hmm. or a, an idea of like how to, maximize the the young guys like zach and and lonzo that they have um i mean i think obviously demar they brought in to be sort of the half court um creator well demar they brought in
1: the demar they brought in specifically this this really tells me maybe pat maybe pat is with that lineup i was talking about i just i feel like they're gonna try and get him like a lot of isos when they can so maybe he's like another like he's like his own group but i think Levine and Lonzo are going to be hand not handcuffed, but they're going to be together a lot. And then you're going to have Vucevic, Demar, and Caruso together a lot because Caruso is perfect the perfect point guard for like he does have to. DeRozan's going to have the ball when they're on the floor together, yeah. And DeRozan's going to be running the pick and rolls with Vuce and Caruso can just go spot up, and that should work fine. Those are, I think, going to be like the two primary like staggers. I feel like. Like, yeah. how, and then Pat, we'll see what they think where Pat's going to fit in. Bradley will soak up some random minutes. You know, he doesn't really matter. I like him a lot, but he doesn't really matter to like the broader context of team building. And yeah, I feel like Alize is the guy they want. They wanted to get. I mean, obviously they wanted Millsap, but I, I don't know how serious that ever was.
0: I and honestly, when, when, the,
1: when the Nets come calling, like, what are you supposed to do?
0: Also, I mean, Milsap has been better over his career, but like for the for the next two years, I mean, would you rather have Alize or, or Millsap? I, I might rather have Alize, because Milsap is old, man. He's yeah. Really old. The, th- the thing
1: with Milsap though is like I'm pretty sure the defensive continuity is still gonna be there.
0: Yeah. I mean he's he still was good last year and very good at minutes. defense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, I wonder if like you get a, a t- I mean, obviously the Bulls thought that Millsap was going to be better because they targeted him first. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just, that's you
1: know, also, really- that's also to be fair. That's also a, uh, like, I think if they, even if they thought Alizé was better, I think, I don't know. Like, okay. I, this wouldn't be like Zach would leave, but I, I feel like Zach, and vucic they would expect you to go after Millsap because that's what NBA players think. That's he's fair. Big, he's a bigger name and they know him. They know yeah. like, and also they like him because everyone like follows up.
0: Yeah, because he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just uh, he's. A, he,
1: Whereas Al- Alize looks like a mutated Jimmy Butler or like six eight Lamar uh, Lamar Jackson, that's kind of frightening. Yeah, thought he does pretty... look like Lamar Jackson. It's it's a little uncanny.
0: Yeah, he looks a lot like him. But it was funny you said he looks like mutated Jimmy Butler because I went on YouTube to like find highlights of Alize to like get a better sense of what they were getting um and there was like a pre-draft video of like yes oh he's the sleeper of the draft and he's you know new jimmy butler and it's like you just said that because he looks like jimmy butler he's yeah. not jimmy butler hey i mean he
1: did he did play kind of similar to high, to college jimmy where he just tried super hard
0: <laughs> that's true and he had like the, the juco thing which is yeah. you know part of jimmy's story and he i think he had a pretty high free throw rate which was also part of why jimmy became a good player in the nba um, all right, now, now I'm getting talked into this. Maybe Alize is, uh, <laughs> is Jimmy Butler.
1: <laughs> the problem is, Alize can't dribble. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is can't a dribble problem. in like in like tight. Like he can dribble fine, going down the court, but yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I really like the Alize side. He's also just weird. Mm-hmm. He just has a weird energy. He just like he plays super hard. He throws himself at people. He's this weird, so weird, a weird player, and I like him. I'm a big fan.
0: And um, another theme that uh, John and I hit on in episode one was the importance of vibes. And uh, Alizé seems like a good vibes guy. Um, you know, a guy that works really hard, tries really hard. Uh, the, uh, the guys on the, the stars and the nets seem to enjoy him. So, American, yeah. uh, so you know, that, that never hurts. Um, so I guess we can move on to uh, somebody that I was, I was fine with. Um, but was less excited about than Alizé just because I see less sort of upside despite his draft pedigree um, was uh, Stanley Johnson. Uh, Stanley Johnson been in the league for a while was a a number eight overall pick a few years back, Mm -hmm. Um, but hasn't really lived up to that, but not a bad player. Just not what you want at a number eight
1: pick. He may be the worst offensive player in the league
0: yeah that's he really can't score he certainly
1: he certainly may be the worst finisher in the league yeah a career a sub 60 percent shooter within three feet which is uh hard to do <laughs> yeah
0: yeah forty think- forty
1: eight point nine percent at the rim last year which is i don't know how that's possible
0: for somebody as as athletic as he is, too, yeah. it's just, just has crazy. no touch. He
1: can't do layups. That's what it is. It was it was <laughs> that in college? He couldn't do it in college. He shot forty seven percent or so at the rim in college. Because he can shoot free throws, and he can I can't really shoot threes, but he takes them.
0: Yeah, he's like an eighty percent foul shooter almost, and yeah. like which is why it's like I that's one thing like I don't understand why he can't shoot threes because he he can shoot foul shots, but it's like you, I guess you like you said he has just no touch at all.
1: Yes, he has no touch. He has and free throws shots. I mean, they can be about touch, but they also can be. You could just get into that mechanical rhythm, and you can shoot okay on them. That's why Dwight'll have those stretches where he goes like twelve or fifteen because he just locks it in and does it, and he does, doesn't isn't distracted thinking about the genies or farts or whatever the fuck he thinks about. I don't know. <laughs> thinks about well, uh, well,
0: even like uh, Giannis. One of like
1: his it. nineteen okay. children. Yes, Giannis is a great example when Giannis gets into those rhythms. Yeah, I mean, Game
0: Seven uh, was it? Yeah. Game six, game six, uh, when they won, like he made almost every free throw because he was just in a rhythm and like in the zone. Uh, yeah, but like he's Giannis is not a touch guy at all.
1: Uh, Much more of a touch guy than Santa Johnson because he's not the worst touch guy in the league. But
0: yeah. yeah, and also Giannis has Inspector Gadget arms and uh, yeah. can uh, bulldoze anybody in his. And life. is very
1: very good at layups.
0: Yes, um, yeah, he does have good touch on his layups, but like. Anything beyond that, his touch is is not so good, but it doesn't matter because he's seven feet tall and can can dribble and can... Prove that you
1: can't teach that.
0: Yeah, (laughs) you can't teach that. (laughs) Shout out, Big
1: Cass. (laughs) No, don't shout out, Big Cass. Bad bad person, bad guy.
0: Yeah, shout out, Rescinded. Um, uh, His uh, tag team partner, whose catchphrase that actually was also bad person.
1: Um, The worst person, actually
0: um but uh yeah stanley is uh he's been a pretty good defensive player i think mm-hmm. got good defensive kind coaching.
1: of awesome defensive player he was kind of awesome it's just like a weirdo i think last year was his best o rating year yes it was and he was like yeah like assists were up a little well, down a little bit but like he's a good like a decent passer good steals guy, like makes stuff happen. Just does a lot of stuff defensively. Like I feel like if he makes the team, he's just going to be like the Shaq Harrison. I would yeah. say, I would say picked up Shaq Harrison. Cause I need guard defense more on the bench now, I think. But Stanley, is, Stanley is kind of a weird, like f- legit three position. People say multi-positional, but there, there is maybe one five position defender in the NBA and he's bam. Yeah. And then, like Giannis three positions. And Giannis is an amazing, may in fact be the best defensive player alive. Three, really two. When do you see Giannis guard threes? Really, not it doesn't happen very often, unless it's well, like Kawhi.
0: Well, Giannis doesn't really guard people one on one. All that's that true. Often. He's like Mister Help Defender, like blows up all your shit from the the opposite side or whatever. But he's
1: not even like nominally nominally put on threes. Like they don't even put him on like the Royce O'Neill like stand in the corner guys.
0: No, because I mean that would screw up their But, their but like but
1: or, or like the or like a guy who just stands fifteen feet from the rim waiting for a little flare outs. Like he doesn't even he just he's a frontcourt defender. That's what he is. Yeah. And like maybe some guards, maybe like I mean, I wanna say Beverly. Beverly's a two position defender. we will see what happens if you put him on wings.
0: <laughs> and then people talk about Ben Simmons about like his versatility. But
1: ben so, kind of. Ben Ben is he through. Is,
0: he's like three though. Like he doesn't yeah. He doesn't really guard front court guys because he doesn't like contact that much. <laughs> like he, he likes it when he can bully the other guy because he's bigger than them.
1: Yeah, because he's a front runner. Um, <laughs> yes. He is. He is. That's as,
0: as, as Jason Goff uh, likes to say on the Bulls talk show, he, Ben uh, doesn't, take his, uh, doesn't like to take his cool off. And uh, mm-hmm. banging mm-hmm. with dudes that are as big and strong as him uh, would make him look less cool. So he doesn't like to do it.
1: Covington, even in his prime, three.
0: Yeah. Nobody can five. really defend one to five.
1: Thibel, might, Thibel might be four.
0: Yeah. Thibel's so Thibel's like, Thibel is,
1: is a helped guy, though. He he is. Yeah. He's a team defender. But I think you could... And Danny he's also Green.
0: such a... Like, Thibel is also just, like, such a gambler. Like, he... Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's
1: why he's good, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's excellent, and he usually gambles correctly, but he... Uh, he's like the he's like a better that uh hits at sixty percent or something like that. But like he, Mobley, uh,
1: Mobley, I think will be one of the best defenders in the league for twelve years, and I would say he's three to yeah. four. Four. I mean, he, he got a book night pretty well.
0: Yeah. Although uh, in I ISOs, don't... yeah. In the, in the... I, I I'm wondering how good book knight is going to be in the league.
1: But, book night is very uh, fast. That's, that's the that's, thing. He's very, very. He's very good at getting into the paint, and he couldn't do it on Mobley. He did it on yeah. everyone else he ever played in college. So, like, that's, like, he's, yeah, like, it's it's a thing, like, people talk about that. And, like, my point is that Stanley might be three or four. Like, Stanley can defend threes, and defend small fives, because he's a monster. I would be fine with putting him on uh, occasional possessions on, like, I don't want to say Beal types, because there's really only one Beal type, but any, like, big two guard mm-hmm. whose thing is getting into the paint, they're not going to get through Stanley. Like he's, yeah, he's, he's a, a brick shit house. Yeah. Yeah. That's and literally
0: then, how I described him to, to my wife earlier today. I was like, he was like, you know, a high draft pick. Everybody thought he was going to be great because he was uh, you know, uh built like a brick shit house and could run and jump really high. But he's uh basketball skill wise, it just it didn't come together for him yeah. on offense.
1: But like that there's a role for that for Stanley. I like I said, I'm more I'm worried they don't have shooting still. Which they may have remedied with their other signing today, but um, we'll see if he makes it. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it, but Stanley, Stanley is just, it's just a big, a big, strong dude who gets. He's not like good for rebound. He's just a defender. That's what he is. He, he plays defense.
0: Yeah, he he plays defense, and he he's gonna make life not very much fun for whoever he's in front of.
1: Stanley is is um, to people who may be more familiar with better players, is if OG Ananobi had no offensive skill whatsoever.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, in the the Raptors tried to to develop him, and they, yeah, you know, uh, I like think failed. They,
1: I, I was I was told they like they wanted Stan, they they would have taken Stanley back. They were just, I think they were realizing they need to get the, if they're gonna try and they got Scotty Barnes. That's a lot of minutes for Scotty to take away from Scotty. Yeah, they, they picked up Svi, who's the better player, in the family. Like Svi's okay, he can shoot. I kind of wanted Svi, honestly, but
0: yeah, I wouldn't have hated Svi. <laughs> he he wasn't on the like the first handful of names because I was mostly thinking of uh like front court players, even yeah. though the front court options were pretty slim for the last spot. But um, Svi, I was a, a name that I saw and I was like, he might be like one of the best guys remaining on the board just because he yeah. can shoot and isn't terrible at most other things um i mean he's not great at a lot of other things but he's pretty good at shooting and not like disastrously bad at the other stuff
1: yeah he's like better than nick Stauskas at that stuff so he's more of an nba player um
0: setting the low, setting the bar very low but
1: yeah oh, of course of course so the other reason the other reason the raptors couldn't bring stanley back is they had to sign sam decker for some fucking reason i don't
0: they needed a white supremacist <laughs> um
1: and they got Ish Wainwright. I think Ish Wainwright's probably like that. they—that's probably the guy they want to do that stuff now. Yeah, um, I'm not super familiar with him, but he looked up uh, reasonably so. So like, same kind of size can shoot though. Actually, yeah.
0: well, I mentioned the Raptors, and you, you mentioned made quick reference to the the last guy that the Bulls signed today. And I, so far, from what I understand, it, this is just a camp invite. But they signed uh, Matt Thomas of the formerly of the Raptors, and I think he was on the Jazz this year yes. at some point. Yes. Um, he is a stereotypical white guy shooter, I think it's fair to say. Like mm-hmm. uh, he's like six four, doesn't have very good wingspan, uh, can shoot the hell out of the ball, doesn't really do a whole lot else. And uh, Nick Nurse got mad at one point because he was like, I have too many small guards. And, uh,
1: which is why, which is why they drafted David Johnson and Delano Banton, who David Johnson's six <laughs> 215 and Delano Banton is almost six foot 10. that's why they drafted those guys.
0: Yeah, he he had had basically enough of having uh, Kyle Lowry, uh Carlisle, and 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 Matt Thomas as his guard and Malachi Flynn. Yes, another tiny guard. Who is who, Malachi Flynn? Uh, good player, but uh, yeah, very tiny, very small. They, they've they've cornered. They they identified the market inefficiency of uh, of tiny guards and leaned way into it. But yeah matt yeah, thomas
1: uh doesn't biased. get to doesn't get to the line i mean like may it, you, when people say doesn't pass it really just means like they don't you're not gonna run any offense that requires him to be making passes it's not like a greg brown or uh who's a okay greg brown's a college example who's a who's a NBA example of a guy who literally doesn't pass like a complete black hole
0: Dion waiters
1: yeah well yeah. <laughs> I, I greg brown's a guy i say because greg Brown had uh Four assists in his full college season at Texas. <laughs> I think. I think, uh, I think we might. See no, he some. may have had more. He also had. He also played almost 300 minutes in summer league and did not record an assist.
0: Wow. I think uh, if he had gone to a team that wasn't the Nets, that uh, Cam Thomas might might have been a guy like that. Because no, he will
1: be. No, he is. He will be. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He's gonna shoot. He doesn't care. <laughs> it's actually a good fit for them because, like, they last year their 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 bench gunner guy was Mike James. It's like Mike James is probably not an NBA player. And now they have Patty and they have Cam Thomas. So it's like there's going to be a playoff game where they get like in the probably in the first round where they get pushed by maybe the Bulls, maybe like Charlotte or some whoever's in like that seven or eight spot. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a game where they're getting kind of pushed and everyone's like, ooh, this might be a game. And then Cam's going to Cam or Patty, but probably Cam's going to have like 28 on like 14 shots and just end it in the third quarter. And you're like, well, never mind. (laughs) <laughs> that everyone, will happen. That yeah. will happen,
0: and and, uh, and that'll justify yeah.
1: that pick because what else are they really going to use it for?
0: Yeah, and all the real hoopers will be like, "See, we told you." <laughs> like
1: I, it's weird because on the big Ben Gordon stand, but that was before I like thought about basketball I just liked it aesthetically, and I still like Ben Gordon aesthetically. Cam yeah. Thomas is that kind of player.
0: Yeah, I mean Ben Gordon uh, was responsible for one of the most fun basketball, like. Er- Seven games of basketball of my entire mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. <laughs> including the years that the Bulls uh, won a bunch of championships when I was a small child, um, but that, that seven-game series, uh, I, I, it was my first year of law school. I should have been studying for finals, and instead I was watching <laughs> every one of those games with rapt attention because it was... Uh,
1: Literally, st- it was the only time proceeded. in my sports life I've been spitting mad was when Rondo slapped Brad Miller in the face. Motherfucker. <laughs> never, never forgive him that yeah never uh, forgive
0: him never forget
1: <laughs> sean Hyken. Sean when when they signed him he was all excited about it and i was like i can't ever forgive that motherfucker and he's like why what do he do and i was like it's a inter- intersectional fan thing that like other fan bases don't care about like i don't who cares i i was furious for months years and still the, am and,
0: and the fact that it was they i don't think it i don't did they even call a foul or was it just like a no they, they called the foul and
1: brad miller missed the first free throw because he literally he had, like he couldn't see like he had both his eyes were closed basically was...
0: yeah because he poked him in the eye and t- on top of like whacking him out, like
1: yeah he tried to he tried to claw his eye out yeah
0: yeah and they yeah no flagrant on that um nope. awful uh but yeah so matt uh matt thomas probably That's I, don't what he does. I don't know if he'll make the team but he can shoot and uh yeah i, I mean, could I think-
1: see him i could see him making it over stanley i don't know what stanley's deal is but it's probably not Probably minimum, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it was minimum, uh, like what the guarantees on it were or whatever, but yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, Stanley and Alize are not the same player, but they kind of, I think, would be competing for a similar role. Yeah, and, and Alize,
1: I'm I'm fairly confident Alize will win that battle.
0: <laughs> well, like, they gave Alize two years on his yeah, skill, so yeah. that, that probably makes sense. He has
1: more here. micro skills, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got touch. I mean, we talked about it. He's got the little push shot, and he's like every as good as um, or, or as bad as Stanley is at finishing at the basket. I would say is good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I think it'll be interesting to see too to see like you mentioned the Bulls' bench not really having a ton of shooting, but like um, I think it'll be interesting to see like you were mentioning about the how they stagger things because I think that like they have three twenty point like efficient twenty point per game scorers so. I think that like they don't necessarily have to have uh, a ton of like mm-hmm. offensive weapons necessarily in the bench I mean and, and Kobe's like I mean he's out for a the, while but the real, yeah
1: he's, maybe, maybe the he's gonna I, if he's back quicker than than we think then that kind of solves that issue a little bit because no matter what else do we think of Kobe Kobe can shoot
0: yeah I mean that's his could like, shoot that's his NBA skill right now is like uh catch and shoot like he's pretty much automatic on those when he's open mm. Mm. uh everything else is you know work in progress <laughs> to, to shooting play. off
1: dribble sometimes looks awesome sometimes looks like it's, the worst shooter on the world
0: it's really hit or miss his his uh off the dribble jumper and like even just like if you look at his his uh full season numbers like his percentages on on uh pull up uh, off the dribble um threes and even twos are, are it's not good mm. uh but when he's catching and shooting in rhythm he's uh he's pretty lights out and fortunately uh he's got enough good teammates now where he should be mostly doing that and not doing yeah. you know dribbling into traffic and uh throwing the ball to unclear who he was trying to get it to or trying to get it up over like the arms of two different defenders despite like because he can't really jump that high um yeah. and does like he's got like he Kobe's weird he's fast but not really quick and doesn't have like a ton of pop yeah like he's fast in a straight line but like as far as like his first step goes and stuff he doesn't really uh he's not explosive in that way
1: I would say almost no pop honestly
0: yeah it's really weird For his
1: body type it's very strange yeah
0: um but so that, that's that, those are the bulls additions uh I think also I, I wanted to want- say
1: real quick in case Matt Thomas is just a camp invite, and I actually still have a second two-way available. I think the guys I would look at: uh, Amir Sims for Clemson okay. because he's just he's an actual four, and it's like literally good at everything. Like he played at Clemson, and Clemson was really bad mm-hmm. uh, his last couple of years. So he was like the point guard. He was the lane, lane scorer. He was the main rebounder. He was the main like rim guy. Like so, he's just like a quality bench guy. Uh, Alan Griffin is a shooter. Uh, uh, Adrian's older son, Alan. Went to Illinois and Syracuse. Shoots pretty good athlete. Maybe Moses Wright, although I don't know he's the other big. Uh, maybe Jordan Shakel, although I'm not sure if he's an NBA caliber athlete. But he is the best shooter in the draft. If he was, uh, forty something like 47 from three over four years, like a 93 percent three thirds, like an incredible shooter. He just has the build and body of like like people listening to this. He's like <laughs> he's like he's like six five two fifteen, and he looks like he was like two forty. He's like nope, jump, nope. But he can shoot. He'll, he'll play overseas. Uh, I don't think Jay Huff signed. I don't know if I would get Jay Huff. He's just like a center. And then um uh, I don't know if the Grizzlies actually signed Romeo Weems. I don't think they have the space for it. I would look at Romeo Weems, although he's more than likely Stanley. <laughs> um, better to Paul, so I'm sure Bulls fans may know him. Uh, And then maybe like an A.J. Lawson type, because another shooter. Maybe Anthony Tark. There's a few guys who are rookies this year. There's always always the chance that they sign like somebody from a couple drafts ago that everyone's forgotten about. That always happens with two way guys too. But I feel confident that this front office will actually use the two way players. Hopefully, like maybe they sign. Maybe they maybe they're waiting until uh, Winnie City Bulls camp opens and they can look at the guys there and two ways one of those guys. But you can do. I think it actually costs. I don't know. I don't know the specifics of that, but I remember reading about that once. But yeah, those are guys I would look at. I would probably prioritize Griffin because he's like an actual three D wing. Yeah. As much of those, as much as those really exist, I think you can always use extra three D wing guys.
0: Yeah, it, it, and it definitely seems like they, like I was mentioning earlier, it seems like they have recognized having wing sized guys as kind of a weakness of the mm-hmm. team last year. Um, and I don't know that a lot of the guys that they have now are really big minute rotation guys.
1: Um, Well, the real concern is what if Troy Brown gets hurt?
0: Yeah, that wouldn't be great.
1: They don't, they literally would, they would have Javante green. That's it. They would like, would not have a bench wing like at all, which is concerning
0: they'd have to play a lot of three three guard lineups I mm-hmm. think if, if they if that happened and that's tough with Kobe coming back from a shoulder injury and probably not ready to go at the start of the season so hopefully nobody else gets hurt that' <laughs> being Kobe yeah yes I mean Andrew people talk right.
1: people were talking about the defense being bad now <laughs> yeah <clears throat> I, that's I the, that's this is the only reason I would have been I would I could have talked myself into them keeping Lowry this year. Although he doesn't, have that, he has nothing to do with wing size guys, but like he can shoot. Yes. Um. But I'm, I am actually glad for him personally.
0: Yeah. So no, he I mean, didn't, I didn't he, have didn't, any... he didn't
1: want, he didn't want to be there anymore.
0: Well, I also don't like. I didn't have any. I wrote an article, uh, or a blog. I guess it's not an article because it wasn't on like a real website. But I wrote a blog on my on, a, on my there are no website, real websites. Uh, about you know that was the last thing I wrote. It's been over a year now. Uh, it was about whether the bull should keep Lowry. And I basically came to the conclusion, no, probably not. Uh, he's been not worth what he's looking for jokes on me. He signed for about what he was allegedly looking for then. Um, and, but, and actually I think slightly more, um, but I just, I never had any personal animus with Lowry. I thought that it, he annoyed me sometimes cause I felt like he had so much more talent than he displayed. And a lot of it seemed like mindset stuff. Um, but,
1: but, you know, I think anyone in that Bulls era has excuses for mindset stuff because they were being coached by a psychopath. He seemed like the guy who took it the worst, the Boylan yeah. stuff, whereas, like, Zach reacted to it really strongly and just, like, stepped up. Lowry mm-hmm. just seemed to, like, completely – and I I can't blame him for that.
0: Yeah, I think um, Zach is uniquely- – Wendell didn't,
1: Wendell didn't react well to it, too, but Wendell also got hurt so much. Yeah. I. I I remember him saying specifically he'd never been hurt before.
0: Yeah, that that part is tough. I th- the other thing with Wendell, though, is, and this is part of why I wasn't that sad to see Wendell go, despite being like pretty into him on draft night, was that I, you know, watching him play, it just seemed like Wendell was not—he wasn't big enough, athletic enough.
1: Uh, that was always a concern.
0: Like I think, like. I think everybody thought the skill level was at a different yeah. level than it turned out to be. And I think you, you, you can't <laughs> Turns really... out
1: cuz he's playing he's playing next to Bagley. We all thought Bagley was more skilled than he was too, so. Yeah. And he looked, in comparison, still... he looked so much more skillful than Bagley cuz he is.
0: Yeah. And but Bagley not... just turns out
1: has no skill at all, so it's yeah, it's <laughs> not really high.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean with Wendell, I I just think that like you, you can't be too small lacking in pop and lacking in you know not having the elite skill um and feel stuff to overcome it like um even like somebody like uh, Jokic, who people i think would bag on because he was slow or whatever and didn't really have pop he's well, huge and he's huge and he has like the greatest feel ever like uh <laughs> and- yeah he's
1: like one of the most skilled seven foot players that's ever lived maybe in fact maybe yeah. in fact the most i'm only saying one of because i still kind of came and Sabonis. a bonus. <laughs> yeah um, those are, and will will physically will had incredible skill yeah those and are his I, peers I guess in Bill that Alton specific was, yeah. was also yeah. the
0: elite skill guy uh just got you know body fell apart um yeah, I mean, I think, you, I think you can pick maybe one or two of those that you can be, but you can't be all three. You can't be undersized, yeah. under-athletic, a- and not like an elite skill. Well, guy. as
1: Mike Grimman always says, and he's been saying this for two or three years now, and he's been proven right, the, the sort of, I guess, the what I call it, the seesaw between skills and tools, it's got to go, the, the closer you get to being a center, it's got to go wildly one of those two ways if you're going to be a star. You've got to either have insane tools – or insane skill. And yeah. like, um, this is also part of uh, this is one of the reasons I think people need to calm down about Shengun a little bit. He's gonna be very good. He's very good. Mm-hmm. Um he's not he's like six eight and a half. Like he's, yeah, he's not anywhere near Jokic size. Yeah. If he was Jokic size and he played like this, then yes, I'd be all in, like that's the next NBA superstar. He's gonna be very good, like he's certainly much better than Canner. E- even already, like defensively. But like, yeah, yeah he's the tools are not very not very good. He is uh, as, as 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 Matt Moore jokingly said, at summer league." The first time he comes in trying this stuff against like Embiid, he's gonna get put in the trash can. <laughs> he's gonna get picked up Picked up by the scruff of his neck and thrown into a trash can. And that's gonna happen. He's he's probably gonna be fine with that, and he's gonna recover. But like, mm-hmm. that's why he's not gonna be an NBA superstar. At least not right now. The other reason is that the Houston Rockets are a joke. <laughs> what was that?
0: <laughs> no i didn't say anything. i should have just laughed, laughed I,
1: as joke. I, I, I wanted i wanted the joke i wanted to say this to rockets fans but i thought it would be too mean i wanted to because they were all freaking out about it i was like you guys really are freaking out too much about the guy who's definitely not getting a second contract because that would be too much money for your owner to pay <laughs> <laughs> for your, your broke ass owner
0: well it's really funny because like the uh the Grizzlies hired like half of draft Twitter and then the Rockets Mm -hmm. hired the other half, it seemed like. Um, And, uh, but it's like the Rockets, they invested all this money on scouting and it's like, you know why they did that? It's so that they can have cheap, (laughs) cheap players and uh, not have to pay them and uh, find all the, all the gems
1: that Garuba, you know what the thing is, right?
0: What's that?
1: He's paying his buyout.
0: Oh my God! Are you kidding?
1: Uh, they, me? Well, okay. In this sense, I'm not going to completely bag on the Rockets. I think there's a limit. I think they can only play 600k of it. I think they yeah. did do that. They did pay that the maximum amount they're allowed to. Okay. He has to pay the rest of it off in installments over the like, next three years. It's but not that much money. I, I think it's like 400k. I think yeah. it was a 1 million total. But yeah, that, I mean, the Rockets. Oh. The Rockets would not have taken him if they had to pay the whole thing. I bet. Probably
0: not. <laughs> Uh, then Tillman wouldn't have been able to buy another yacht and give it the same name that he's named all of his other yachts, uh, which is a thing that he does. Apparently mm-hmm. I forgot mm-hmm. what the name, I forgot what the name of who cares, uses. but yeah, um, that's, an, that's
1: enough attention for him anyway.
0: <laughs> well, I listen to round ball rock pretty frequently and they, yeah. they, they have their whole Tillman time segment, which is uh, always a lot of fun. Cause uh, Joey, Hates Tillman uh, with a passion. Oh, I know. Uh, r- rarely, rarely seen.
1: <laughs> he was uh, every time I talked to him at Summer League. He was so excited to go find more more Tillman slot machines and take pictures <laughs> of <them. laughs>
0: well, speaking of Summer League, let's transition to that. You you went to Summer League. You saw some of it live. Or how long were you there? Were you there for the whole thing or just part of it?
1: Uh, the first week, basically. Oh, so okay. Seventh through the Sunday through Friday.
0: Did you go to all of the Bulls games, or did you? Uh, I
1: missed the second half of the Spurs one, and I missed the first half of the. Who was the third one? I missed the first okay. half of that.
0: Okay. Um, all right, so I, I guess. Uh, I saw I saw
1: pretty much all of Pat, except for the second half of that Spurs game, where he got his ass kicked anyway. Apparently.
0: Yeah, that was not. It was. I was like, "What's Pat even doing here? He's he's clearly too good to be here." In the first half, and then like the second half, he just like got his, the, got okay, got, got, it, the, got fucking owned.
1: The rest of the team, they were like one for nineteen from three yeah. in that game. So the Spurs just collapse on him.
0: Yeah, no, he was getting like double and triple teamed. And like Pat yeah. is still not really there as a as a playmaker. Uh, and he's also really- getting
1: double and triple teamed in summer league. Like you can, you're getting double and triple teamed in summer league when you're facing those kind of tight windows with guys who don't know don't know you and there's no playbook. Yeah, because like like, we- like there's no practice time like. You can be the best passer alive. You're going to have guys who just are not in the right spot, and yeah, well, that's ev- that's day. evidenced by the fact that Sharif Cooper had a lot of turnovers in the summer <laughs> league. Who is the best? Pa- Sharif Cooper. Who is the best passer alive? I said it.
0: <laughs> wow! Wow! Now,
1: he's not, but he's not that far off. Um,
0: he's probably the best passer at his size alive. I would I would guess. Well,
1: Trey's about his size.
0: He's a little bit shorter than than Trey, isn't
1: he? I, I I'm going to say they're close within within two inches. I say that's
0: okay. Same size, I guess. If you're within two inches.
1: Um, ladies um, always say that
0: (laughs) I I, I laughed at that that, uh, a version of that joke in my own head and then I (laughs) (laughs) thank you for being the one to to make the joke Um, (laughs) uh, No, Sharif is great I remain bummed out that the Bulls passed on him Um,
1: yeah I'm feeling better about it because with the way this roster ended up looking there's no way he would have gotten the ball no. At any point uh, this year or even next year if he stayed. And he's not going to stay past his – he's not going to take a second two-way deal. I can pretty much guarantee that.
0: He'll be too good for that. Um,
1: he's not going to take it anyway. He won't.
0: Yeah. Um, I think – Uh, so speaking of uh, the Bulls passing, on uh, Sharif and, and on uh, Summer League. Uh, so you saw Pat. What did you think of, of how he looked besides – Getting owned by this, this the uh, the policy. he looked,
1: I thought he, I thought he looked great. Like physically, he just looked way like a. He looked huge. He's like six nine. Mm-hmm. He might be two forty. He's a monster physically. Um, I thought he looked. I, he, the shots didn't fall sometimes, but the, the process, as as PD Webb always says, and I was with PD for one of the Bulls games, and we were talking about this. The the process of like getting to his spots, he was like, they couldn't touch him. Herb Jones yeah. is the only guy who could force him physically, and Herb Jones is like psychotically strong for a 6'6", 205 guy. like He's a freak. Herb Jones played an entire college season in the SEC with a shattered hand, and he's had a big club on it, which is why if you look at his junior league stats, he shot like 30% from the field because he couldn't. <laughs> he had one hand. Um, uh, and Herb Jones is like a crazy person, so like that, that's fine. That happens. There's always one guy. Najee Marshall was with him physically a little. Najee Marshall's a great athlete. Other than that, there was no one person he played who was close to him physically. He was just dominating them, getting to all his spots, doing whatever he wanted. He had, you're familiar now, all Bulls fans are familiar with the one a game Pat rebound, where he <laughs> looks like he jumps 16 feet in the air. you like, how the f-? he had like 12 of those? Like, he was just grabbing everything. So I, I thought Pat looked great. I, the, the the efficiency wasn't where I wanted it to be, but the volume was more importantly. He was taking these shots, he yeah. was being very aggressive. That's, what they, that's why he was there. Right. They just wanted yeah, to do that. So,
0: I think that, like, uh, a key thing for people to, to remember um, with any like summer league stats is that, like you said, the, the volume is, I think, the thing often that matters more because in small samples, you're going to see wonky shooting numbers sometimes. And I don't think that any of Pat's shots looked like the form didn't look terrible on them. It, mm. And we know that Pat is like a pretty good shooter from all three levels. So, you know, some of the shots just didn't go in, but he shot really well from three. So that was good. Um, and he missed a lot of shots like in and out that I think that typically he makes,
1: he had a lot of free throws in and out where he just looked kind of tired.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is that
1: he's uh, playing third thir- more than 30 minutes in, in these games. And these are 40 minute games. So he was, yeah, they're they burning. They were getting another uh, money's worth out of Pat. And so was I,
0: and uh, yeah, he and he like the other thing was is that he was the workhorse, and that that roster, the summer their summer league roster, uh, wasn't great outside of the guys no, that are going to okay. be on the roster, um, and even the guys that are going to be on the roster. And uh, we can probably transition to the other guys that we're going to discuss. Um, but
1: they had four guys. That's more than some teams.
0: Yeah, but like the other guys besides those four, I don't think were very good. <laughs> no, no, they were <laughs> um, not. Uh, so I, I know Jerome draft- Robinson yeah Jesus. man that was uh, that's probably Jerry West's greatest miss I would I would mm-hmm. have to have to say
1: like, aside not- from all those misses in the NBA finals
0: <laughs> somewhere uh, Corbin Smith is laughing yeah him. get him <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I know on draft night you were uh, really disappointed with uh, the Bulls selecting uh, I- is it IO or AO IO IO uh, have you? Have you? Do you feel any no, differently not really. about that now? No. Well, okay.
1: Um, aside that last summer league game, they kind of ran at point guard. I'm just disappointed. The, I was a point guard. I'm just not. There's no. There's no. There's there's nothing there for me. He's classic. He got by in college by just being a big, big dude who's a pretty good athlete. Um. Any like seem any defense that has like a real containment plan. He couldn't do anything. Watch that Loyola game in the tournament. They he couldn't get any penetration for a six foot five guard point point guard. I'm doing air quotes. <laughs> they kicked, they kicked the shit out of him. Like they 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 completely took him out of the game. He couldn't do anything. Um, he's not a point guard, really. Like any any NBA team that is running him, he's a, he's a classic. I don't want to compare him directly to Moutier because it's kind of lazy. They're kind of similar sized. But <laughs> Moutier was like that. It's not like Moutier isn't or like Alfred Payton. It's not like these guys can't play point guard. It's that if these guys are playing 25 minutes a game at point guard, you are a bad team.
0: Something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a like, th- what's the name of that Stepien article? The wrong initiator. Uh, uh, yes. About about this concept, it's like if you have this guy carrying uh, or running your <sighs> offense, like they're capable of it at the NBA level. But if you if that's happened to your team, then something is horribly, horribly wrong.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what IO is. But I do think he's an NBA player, and that's fine in the second round because he's tall. He's six foot five. He he's fine at defense. I think he can guard twos. He can shoot a little. He's become a decent shooter. He will kill closeouts. That's the thing. That's a good thing about having a six foot five former point guard. He will kill closeouts. Generally makes decent decisions. Plays hard seems to work hard, seems to be like, was a leader of a good college team, seems to be well-respected and well-liked. So I think he's probably likely to... I mean, he's a much better use of that two-guard spot than Denzel was, or Ryan Archie- or Ryan Archiaco would be. Ryan's just not going to be a player. Um, so, like, he's fine. He's fine. Taking him to be... Ricky likes to talk about him as, like, a potential Terrence man. It's like, well, no, Terrence man is a much better athlete. Yeah. But, like, that, I think that's the idea of just, like, a guy who shoots threes and kind of just runs around as a second unit. And that's fine.
0: His, his jump shot form seems, uh, the the mechanics seem really inconsistent to me just in watching him Mm. in summer league. I mean, I I admittedly, I don't watch a ton of college basketball, but like, um, just watching the summer league games that I did catch, uh, his jumper looks wonky. And, uh, the, the biggest thing that stood out to me offensively is that he can't get into the paint at all. Um, no. which is, you know, seems like he a pick, he's a guard. pick and
1: roll guard who doesn't create pressure on his own. Right. That's like not a very good combination, but I don't, I, I feel reasonably confident that they're not going to try him at maybe the third point guard at best. So they're not, I don't think they're going to even really put that pressure on him.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I was going to say is that as far as his defense goes, the so things that, are, you know, to say some nice things about IO uh he's really hard to screen um and i think that was from what i understand that was a strength of his in college is that like his screen avoidance is really really good uh that definitely stood out um just in terms of when he was involved in screen and roll action defensively like uh he was really pretty strong at avoiding um getting that initial screen Uh, And then I think he has uh, pretty good hands, uh, good defensive instincts. Um, He got a bunch of steals and got out in transition. And, you know, a lot of his offensive numbers, like to the extent that he had any good scoring games, it was pretty much like all transition. (laughs) Because as we mentioned, like in the half court, he just could not get into the paint at all. Um, And so, you know, I I think that he, I, I think there's a role for him, but it's definitely not with the ball in his hands. No. Like like you mentioned.
1: I want to say, I did. I do remember getting this comment uh, after Caruso got signed and somebody being like, "Uh, makes sense He can really sit and learn from Caruso and not be that kind of player. And I was like, Caruso in college was significantly better than I would assume. I don't care. Big Ten people are going to be... He was one of the best players in the Big Ten. The Big Ten doesn't have any guards. They never have guards. There's, it's a center league. Caruso, like, metrically, is probably the best undrafted player to play in college in the last 10 years, 10 to 12 years. Yeah. I mean, I mean aside from yeah. a guy like I got, aside from really small school guys like Matt Rafferty or, uh, uh, the guy from Wofford, Cameron Jackson, who are these like 25, 15, five guys in college. Like those guys don't count. Yeah. I'm talking about like of anyone who could, have who probably should have been drafted.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, Caruso was really good in college. <laughs> and I think, uh, the thing that's crazy about Caruso is like his, his college, you know, sort of box score stuff is really good, but the thing that actually makes Caruso great is that he's maybe like a top three point of attack defender in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh he's fucking incredible at that. And um, yeah, that's really show up in box scores.
1: Alex Caruso had a steal rate above four in four straight seasons in the SEC. Yeah. And had a and a block rate above two for two of those. Yeah. I mean the only reason That's absurd.
0: Let's be honest. The only reason that Alex Crusoe went undrafted is because he looks like that.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like eight point like, nine BPM as a senior, like thirty-one assist rate. Monster. He was a monster. <laughs> he was great. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, he he did all of those things in the SEC, which is a you know great and very athletic conference. And Top
1: three he, conference for sure.
0: And he's a he, like he's not like you know a quote unquote sneaky athlete. He's just a legitimately very good athlete. He's a better um, athlete
1: than Grayson Allen, who people <laughs> like to talk about as being a good athlete because he had a good combine.
0: Yeah, and yeah, no, I mean Caruso Doesn't matter is, if you
1: can't do it in the game. Doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, and the Caruso is like great in transition. Athlete uh, has really good vertical pop, and then on top of that, I, I, he's just like a genius level uh, back, like reverse uh, mover. Like mm-hmm. his his. His moving backwards uh, to give the offensive player space and then closing that space as soon as they pick up the ball to make a decision with it yep. is like some of the best I've ever seen. Like, I, that's not an exaggeration. Like, he is no. insane at that. Um, and it, he's just, it's like a savant level stuff. It's like, it reminds me a little bit of like um, the way that people talk about Luka and Harden in terms of like their deceleration mm-hmm. as like their, their like elite thing that like m- almost nobody else has his ability to move backwards and then close space. Um, it's just, it, it's really rare stuff um, mm-hmm. and it's really fun to watch. Uh, so I'm look- that's one thing I'm looking forward to with Caruso, but yeah, IO is, is not that at all. No. <laughs> He's good at I- reading screens and he has good hands, uh, but that's, th- th- those are not nearly the same thing as being what Caruso is.
1: Um, And so who else? Uh, Marco was there, right?
0: Yeah, Marcos uh, Simonovich, I was curious what you thought about him.
1: I, I he, was a a guy, about him, he was more guy. He was more guy I knew by reputation. I think I'd only seen him a couple of times, but I thought he moved well for Yeah. like that guy's size, and I thought he shot pretty well.
0: Yeah, like, um, I mean, he's he's he not pretty like, efficient. Yeah, I think he he's like uh, his reputation is like not it's like basically stretch four, but like not quite as good a shooter as Lowry, but like Lowry isn't even as good a shooter as Lowry. (laughs) Um, But uh, I think he he's, and he's not as big as Lowry, but I think he plays with a little bit more edge um, than Lowry, which was one of my biggest complaints about him. And uh, you know, so I'm interested to see like how much playing time he actually gets. Uh, But I, I was like not unimpressed with him. I, I, he kind of met my expectations i guess yeah, I, I had decent yeah. decent expectations for him because i think some people mentioned that he if he had stayed um if he had not gone into the draft last year and had been drafted this year that he there was a good chance he would have been a first rounder I think um, so, yeah. and I, th- that seemed right to me based on how he played um and he just he plays like a pro like
1: uh we could like finish it
0: guy, yeah he 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 sets pretty good screens he seemed like he knew where to be most of the time even in like the environment at summer league which is notoriously chaotic and which is uh, hard
1: for big men to, to really thrive in yeah notoriously uh, so
0: yeah so i mean he wasn't like he because big
1: men know, big men rely on getting the, all the people getting in the ball and
0: guards don't pass the ball at summer league
1: <laughs> yeah let's most guards at summer league or josh selby tires who are just there to shoot
0: yeah they're like i need to show off that i can score so that. Uh, somebody will will want to give me a contract. No. <laughs> um, and then uh, there was then I guess we'll finish on Devin Dachson, who we were, I think you and I were both pretty disappointed didn't get more burn last year.
1: And so was he. Yes,
0: he was, and so was his his brother. Uh, they were they his brother especially was very loud on Twitter about it. Uh, shout it out to his be. brother. Uh, shout out to his brother. I think he still follows me on Twitter. He DM'd me a while back. <laughs> good dude uh yes very frustrated that his brother wasn't getting playing time and so was i because uh he had skill sets that i thought would be useful to the bulls last year like point of attack defense and uh you know being able getting to, kind of to the rim get, get to the paint
1: yeah <laughs> which um, dotson is in, is extremely good at and has been for several years yeah um, uh, the teams really made him shoot at summer league and he just can't shoot right now, yeah. and that's really the, that's what's going to probably end up being his downfall, but I still thought he played... He, he was really, really good in that first game, and I think he kind of pulled back. I think he might have gotten signed. I think they may have signed that QO around then, and he just kind of pulled back, but that I thought he sense. was good. I thought he was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, he seemed like he was about where he's been at. I mean, he didn't, again, uh, didn't really knock your socks off or anything like that, but I don't think he was... He was bad, um, by any means. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he gets any burn this year, uh, given how deep the roster is now. That seems probably a little unlikely, but maybe they still
1: Kobe. don't have that guard, though. They still don't have the, the forward guard, the, the uh, attack, the paint guard. That's not yeah. Lonzo. That's never been Lonzo. It'll never be Lonzo, and that's not really Caruso. And it's not Io. And no, it's Zach. Yeah, gonna, Zach's the yeah. only one.
0: Yeah, Zach is gonna is the one that really does that. Um, but I think if
1: like, last year proved anything, even though Zach was almost superhumanly good, he cannot do all this stuff by himself.
0: No, what I mean that's the I think that's part of why you get um, why they got uh, Demar for the half court is so that Zach doesn't have to have the ball all the time in the half court and be the scorer and the playmaker, and you know basically have, have him try to be everything. Um, I I really liked. Uh, our, our buddy Stefan knows a post he had a, that was, uh, you know, kind of speculating as to sets that the Bulls might run with DeMar and Zach and Butch. Um that Hawk set that they used a lot um, in OKC. I think we will see Zach uh, in that role sort of as like the tip of the spear scorer with DeMar um, kind of being the decision maker. And I think that, That'll be really, um, it'll be interesting to see how much juice they can get out of that and Mm -hmm. similar sets where Zach is um, given more of an opportunity to operate off ball and to, you know, basically do um, Steph Curry stuff that, you know, nobody nobody is Steph, but uh, Zach is a uh, has last year did some uh, volume and efficiency stuff that only Steph has done, hmm. and uh, I am honestly tired of people downplaying uh, Zach's season last year by being like, "Well, he did it in empty gyms." And I was like, well, "You know, the last I checked, uh, th- everybody was playing in those same gyms, and the only other yeah. one that did it, the only other one that did it was, was Stephen Curry." So, well,
1: there's one thing we he know about Zach Levine is he, real- hate, he hates crowds and and doesn't like performing in front of them. Two time dunk champion Zach Levine. when you play at a school like ucla you know you're just really afraid of the spotlight
0: (laughs) yeah you 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 hate the spotlight uh you you hate the moment uh, something we
1: know about zach is that he he just very doesn't like being he hates the spotlight he hates uh
0: he hates competition
1: doesn't want to be a star yeah
0: he he very famously weak didn't want didn't want to go to be part of the olympics and make that a huge goal of his to be around other, his peers that, that are stars anyways and you know, what, you, know what's,
1: you know what's really really messed up about this is that i think zach has been better than you or i could have ever imagined and they still lost that trade
0: oh not even close yeah i mean because we if, had to live through the we had to live through the last four years and if, they've been if,
1: bad if marketing had been really good or if or if done it if one of those two guys had been good mm-hmm. then you could say that it was close yeah um the done thing though man i don't know if you've ever heard of it, heard it and this is this is so old now i'm not even like burning stuff um are you aware do you remember when they there was the jimmy Celtics stuff the year before that
0: what which Jimmy Celtics stuff?
1: Like the, the year before they traded him, when they there was rumors that they were the Celtics were going to give them the number three pick for Jimmy. Oh, the, yes, the Jalen Brown pick. That's where the Celtics like Celtics fans do the Jalen Brown thing. Do you know why the Bulls wanted that pick?
0: So that they could draft Chris Dunn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they... It's,
1: they loved Chris Dunn, man. Well, and and I,
0: he had a, he had a horrible rookie season, and they still like thought of him the same way as like
1: they oh, still no. thought of him as like a top three pick. Yeah,
0: yeah, they thought he was still like it's like no, you have to like dock his value. But uh, like, listen,
1: I love Jarrett Culver. I think Jarrett Culver could still be very good. I would be trading a top ten pick for Jarrett Culver now. No, like no, like it just obviously wasn't as good as I as I thought.
0: Right. Yeah, you, you and like most of draft Twitter, everybody loved Jarrett Culver. He was the, awesome, man. Yeah. He It's it's a strength thing, right?
1: It's a it's a strength thing. It's really like he just he was pretty strong for a college player and suddenly he ran into every other wing was it's a big fish like like he was or as strong as him. Like he he couldn't Mm -hmm. he couldn't use his offhand to create five feet of space like he was doing against little guys in the Big Twelve. And then he just didn't have a strong enough strength. Like the shot really was a worry. He's not able to get right to the rim, but Culver, college Culver, man, he looked like he looked Jimmy, like he mm-hmm. really looked like Jimmy, like like when J- that first year when Jimmy was becoming a star, It was yeah. like his second year. He really looked like that. So you know, I'll take that hit. That happens.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, and it's very appropriate that the the Grizzlies, <laughs> draft Twitter's favorite team, uh, yeah, are the ones that took the flyer on on going and getting him. People
1: can make fun of me for having him over R.J. Barrett, but these, these are the same people who like. We're saying stuff like this. This is so far long ago, but these are the guys who are being like, like Ashton Higgins, top 10 pick. <laughs> uh, hey,
0: listener, if you're saying who exactly, <laughs> yeah, um,
1: he went, to, he, went to, he went to Kentucky, so of course he's great, he's a the greatest player of all time. Um, I don't know, man, it's fine. It, everyone misses on everything, it happens all the time, but yeah, uh, I'm excited, hard I'm hard excited because we, um, we may have chances to miss two more times with the Bulls this year. We may have two picks. <laughs> That's right. Go, go, uh, go, Blazers! I have to say.
0: Yeah, they gotta. We we need them to make the playoffs so that, but not not be too good because yeah. we want we want their pick to be, uh, you know, a middling first round pick, not a not a late first. Um, so we can so
1: we can draft Dyson Daniels, baby. I'm all in. <laughs> um, give, give me a weirdo. I want more weirdos
0: if there's, if there's one thing about Brian Schroeder that I know it's that the man loves weirdos. Um, All right. So I think last thing, I guess I wanted to wrap up with, what do you think the bulls end up with as a record? And, or where do you think they end up uh, seated in the East? I'm putting you on the spot.
1: I'm going to say in the, in the area of 45 wins. So plus minus three. Okay. Um, and I, I would say that gets them. My hope is fifth or sixth. All right. My real, like my realistic goal is sixth. That's my realistic goal. I think they can get it.
0: Yeah, I mean, avoiding the play-in, I think, is yeah. what we're all hoping for. I do not want to be in the play-in and have... have you don't want
1: uh, to be in the play-in because it's... Reasonably lucky you might see Beal on the play-in, and that's just you don't want to see Beal on the play-in. You don't, like, you don't want
0: those. You don't want those problems. I don't want that tummy ache. Please, <laughs> please, Bulls. Uh, I I, six I six still have. To have, to have a tummy ache I still have play-in.
1: honestly pretty horrible memories of when the Bulls were in. They won uh, the the Bulls. The Cubs were in the uh, the wild card game in 2015, mm-hmm. and I passed out before it started. <laughs> like I was standing <laughs> up. I got home from work before the game started, and I I literally drank. I have this one of these, I think an entire thing of water, like 32 ounces of water. And I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. And I was standing up. I was kind of hungry. and I hadn't eaten for a while. And I was standing up rubbing my hands, watching the, the Pedro Martinez was talking. He started talking about Jay Carrietta, And then I woke up sitting in my chair and he was done talking about Jay Carrietta. And I was like, what happened? And I (laughs) thought my, my, I was living at my dad's and I was up in the attic and he was like, Hey, are you okay? You sound like you fell over. And I was like, Oh shit, (laughs) I guess I passed out. Yeah, bad. Yes.
0: So, so let's not do that to to me or to Brian. Uh, let's let's please lock in at least that six seed.
1: And I'm much more team excited team about this. Is the most excited I've been about the Bulls in ten years, nine years, eight years. It,
0: it's been a long time. Uh, they've even the three alphas here. I think we were also angry that. Oh yeah. I think that everybody that was like the first year, everybody was like, "Fuck this team," <laughs> <laughs> and. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty brutal since then. Um, I, yeah, I'm, no,
1: I'm going to say since since Rose got hurt because I was not on board the uh, the Nate Robinson Bulls team at all, famously.
0: Yeah, I mean that team was was uh, it's fun. Know, they were, they, there was there was fun parts about the the coolest part about uh, about that team was was just. Um, Noah like uh, mm-hmm. sing- single handedly willing them to a first round playoff series over yeah. over Brook Lopez. He was like, I don't care that I have plantar fasciitis so bad that I can barely walk. I'm going to bust your ass uh, because he's uh, he's amazing. He was a great player and um,
1: had great repercussions for the rest of his career, as well. remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely didn't ruin his body forever.
1: Uh ah, poor Joe. Well, okay. Um, I, he seems like he's enjoying his life. So, good for him.
0: Yeah. No, he seems he seems perfectly happy. But um all right, 40 45 wins plus or minus 3 wins in a, a fifth or sixth seed. I, th- I think that's where I'm at. At least I'm hoping. I some of like the I also personally
1: of- don't want like I I don't want to be the team that gets run out of the gym by the Nets in the first round. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah Cuz like again, they again they, they did it this year. And like I don't want to get nihilistic and say that they're going to win the title, but Harden's not going to get hurt like that again, more than likely.
0: No, he's like historically one of the most healthy players in the league. The only reason he tweaked his hamstring is because he came into the season like fat and was yeah. just like, I don't care about anything and like played his way back into shape. And his his body was like, uh, what is this? I've seen people. <laughs> I've
1: seen people. I've seen people talk about. Well, we'll you can't count on Kyrie to be healthy, and you can't. But also, they don't need Kyrie.
0: No, they don't. Like, like he is a really luxury don't. for
1: this team. If if a team that has this Durant, even if it's ninety percent of the the old Durant and ninety percent of old Harden, that's a sixty team. Yeah. If they have like average NBA players everywhere else, and guess what? They have. More than average NBA players in a lot of other no, spots. I mean, like,
0: Marks has done a great job with like filling yeah. out the rest of that roster. Claxton
1: is Claxton is good. Actually, Patty Mills is about as good as what he does as anyone. It's his specific role. Uh, Cam Thomas is going to be fine. Whatever. Uh, well, who else do they have? Oh, Bruce Brown's good. Yeah, Bruce Brown yeah, is a fine they, player. Like I said, Claxton's good. They got rid of DeAndre Jordan. They get rid of that salary ballast. Uh, yeah,
0: pretty pretty uh helpful to to finally get him Blake Blake
1: I think I think Blake will have a solid year because I think he was playing himself out of apathy and and physically he's mostly shot but he's still coordinated and and pretty fast so like he's still going to get
0: and he still like has uh he you know he became a pretty good playmaker skill player today, yeah yeah and like his skill set really developed and so he like he still got like the the brain that it, you know made him yeah. into a star player even as his body started to break down they still so, have joe
1: um, harris mills i'm mean, there uh javon carter's there. i love javon carter javon carter's a great energy yeah, guy that, off the bench I, benbury's I, there like I, fine.
0: when they got when they got javon carter i was like come on <laughs> like really do they need javon carter uh because like i mean you know this is very like nerdy nba uh mm-hmm. people thing but like javon carter is like a good defensive guard and can shoot threes and mm-hmm. to uh, to get he that just as, happens like, to
1: be guy. 6'1 210 and looks like he looks like a 39 year old man like, that's, <laughs> that's why people don't care about him
0: has always looked like a 39 year old <laughs> man um yeah i mean it's a little bit of the the caruso thing he's not quite the athlete that caruso is but like he he gets less love than he should i mean caruso got more love than maybe he should for a while because he, he, yeah. he was on the Lakers, but like the reason Crusoe was undrafted is because he looked like that, and the reason that nobody cares about Javon Carter is because he looks like that. But mm-hmm. uh, very good player, and just like the fact that they just got him for basically nothing, I was just like, come on. <laughs> uh, but Marx is Marx has been a, a wizard basically since he took over over there.
1: And they st- they still have some picks. They're not in the Heat situation where they have nothing. Yeah, they still have some future seconds they could trade. For- yeah. I don't know Wayne Ellington or something you know some like a, a extra guy. Yeah, if they um, if,
0: if they hit, hit like a bunch of injuries or need something specific that their roster doesn't have.
1: And they also are in the position they're in that that heat position where like guys want to go there.
0: Oh, yeah. No, even more so. Oh, they have you know, they have Aldridge they have. still. Yep, he came back.
1: He came back and Aldridge is still okay.
0: Yeah, he's he's you know kind of cooked defensively, but he can still get you a bucket and mm-hmm. um you know their their game is not defense anyway.
1: <laughs> they have enough. Like they have like the thing was Durant's still fine. At defense, he's okay when he yeah, when he when not, he has the bad. energy to play. Claxton's awesome. Bruce Brown's an awesome like a super. Javon's there. Millsap is still very good. Yeah. Like you know, Joe Harris isn't good, but yeah, whatever.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The, the the Nets thing, I mean, the Bulls are obviously not as talented as the Nets. It goes without saying. But, like, it does remind me a little bit of that because, like, the Nets were not bad defensively last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and people have talked about the Bulls as, like, uh, a really bad defensive team. And I'm just like, I don't see it really. Like, DeMar is a bad defender, but, like, everybody else on the Bulls is either fine or pretty or good. Or Kobe. Or Kobe. Yeah. I mean, Kobe's not good, but. Uh, you know, Kobe's gonna be pl- playing against bench units now, so yeah, I think much that, like, much
1: better it, situation for him. Yeah.
0: Um, and like he'll be playing against bench units and not being like the primary ball handler because he'll probably be staggering one of the you know the, the stars with him. So it's just like okay, so <laughs> he'll be fine. Uh, yep. and so and like also, um, Billy Donovan has never had a below average defense in the NBA. Like. It doesn't matter who, who his personnel has been. And like the Bulls' talent last year defensively wasn't that great. And they were 12th. And they're eighth after the boots trade.
1: They're playing Denzel Valentine a lot. So, yeah, that t- what's that tell you?
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm not worried about it. Uh, Tim, Robinson, <laughs> Tim Robinson voice. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried, I'm not worried about, about,
1: it. about any of this. <laughs> I didn't make shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, last year's team was playing Luke Cornette. Like, they'll be fine they didn't have Tyson yeah. Tyson Thad were awesome, but
0: yeah, I mean, losing those guys definitely. I do miss hurts, Tice. But, uh, yeah. I mean, hopefully they, they're able to do something with the, that trade, traded uh, exception. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't yeah. know if they will, but, um, maybe they can get, you know, somebody, uh, with that. But it's something I a Carter service
1: them. I imagine will be looking. And like, I, again, I, I kind of Play Tony Bradley. Tony Bradley is like my ideal backup center. Yeah. Actual center. It's the thing. People talk about backup centers like Tys is a center because he's a he's a four who plays center. Mm-hmm. That's what the NBA is like now. There's there's really not that many there's not that many spots for true big guys who are not stars. Yeah. There's not that many of them. Ken Birch is like the ideal backup center. Ken Birch is like six eight. Yeah. Six nine. Like he's not a center. Tony Bradley is a center and he's as good. He's to me he's what you want because he's he's a drop big. That's, that's yeah. really what I mean by right? center. And he will block if you go right at him. He will block your shot, Tony. He's got huge hands. Yeah, he will block your it's shot. Like a, he's like and, less
0: less springy Daniel Gaffer, Gafford.
1: Yeah, kind of than that. Yeah, um, and but I think he's smarter. Although Gafford, I think maybe now I, Gafford became pretty good. I like I like Dan. Um, yeah, but um, Tony Bradley is one of the best offensive rebounders in the recent history of college basketball. He's awesome. So like. He's just going to get rebounds, put him back up. Yeah, Tony's great. Tony's great. He's going to play twelve minutes a game. Yeah, some games he may not play at all. You know.
0: Yeah, depending on uh, matchup and whether you can use a drop big for forty eight minutes.
1: Which you don't have to. Yeah, but yeah, yeah no, Tony's good. I'm, I'm I'm very happy with that signing. It was he's 20, 23, 24 so he's still. Yeah, he's- He's still he's he's a two year deal, right? So he's gonna be he's gonna be at his prime at the end of this deal, which is what you want. Yeah. Because well, I um, just, I don't know if people know just, this. Uh, prime right. is twenty five. Yeah,
0: people that's think what, it's 20, 27, but it's it's a little bit before twenty five
1: to twenty eight. Really, yeah. that's your prime.
0: Yeah. Um. I was gonna say too that the. Uh, that a lot of people talk about the bulls like they're super old now and it's like they have two old players but everybody else is young pretty much mm-hmm. like and th- they continued that with signing LSN and, and even though and, they and, like, have
1: two they have two old players like they are old like they're they're out of their prime but thirty one yeah. and thirty is not
0: yeah
1: they're not si- they're not the Lakers they're not signing Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Ariza. Like those guys are still not far removed from their all star levels or in fact were all stars last year. Like, yeah. And Vooch Vooch is gonna age fine
0: yeah I mean he's huge and he shoots he shoots threes and he grabs a million defensive rebounds
1: and he's more than likely not going to be on this team by the time he actually starts really aging
0: yeah he's only on the contract for two more years
1: I don't know if he's going to be here after that I mean they're going to make make that run at Jokic but like they may as well make a run at Bam and that I mean uh, maybe not getting Bam but
0: yeah I I have a hard time seeing Bam leave uh, yeah uh, yeah he, he's he's
1: gonna be. He would have if things had gone differently this offseason, and the uh, the Blazers stuff had come come to pass. Maybe that would happen.
0: What was the Blazers
1: stuff? Oh, that they they wanted Spo. Oh right. They yes. were considering giving him an us like an ownership stake. Yeah. Uh, they I also
0: that, to be honest.
1: Apparently, the biggest reason it failed is because they didn't talk to his agent first. Um, they were they wanted Riley too, and Riley was not. Um, he was going to be a consultant kind of guy. Wow. So he was going to gonna, really he was just
0: gonna, gonna just steal the whole Miami brain trust. That would have been crazy.
1: Well, cause that the heat main, the heat may getting sold. That's yeah, not that's really true. like a secret because Mickey Harrison uh, broke boy. Cause uh, yeah he lost so much fucking money. Cause he, <laughs> he had to make all his money into the worst industry on earth. <laughs>
0: yeah. He, he was uh, doing, it turns out being, uh, making billions in cruise ships, not a good idea when COVID-19 <laughs> is happening. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, um, but I I don't know. We'll, we'll see with the heat. Erickson is by those standards reasonably well liked, though. You know. Yeah, I mean he's, he's hands he's, off. He's hands off.
0: He's uh he's I, I mean I don't I don't know what his connections are to the rest of the uh, elite billionaire class are. Uh, but you know, so far as I know, he doesn't have Jeffrey Epstein connections, which makes him better than like yeah. At least five five owners in the league, <laughs> including Jody Allen.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and like again, he's the thing you want from a billionaire owner. So he just like doesn't, he's not there every day telling you to do shit. You're like, yeah,
0: yeah, and he will spend money. Uh, yeah. for, for the most part, I mean, maybe less so now because, <laughs> but they well, just kind, give Jimmy Butler like a gazillion dollars. They're
1: kind of locked into that path. I feel like, yeah. Um, he's done yeah. the thing. He's done the thing you always want every owner to do. And to be to to be fair, I've criticized Jerry Reinsdorf a lot. The thing it seems like Jerry Reinsdorf is doing now, where you just get a re, a guy who actually knows what he's doing and just let him make decisions and be like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll pay for it.
0: Yeah. It. Um. Well, it, it also seems like um, Michael Reinsdorf has a bigger say now because I yes. think Jerry. It's just like I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> and uh, Michael, like Michael, actually likes basketball. It seems like and Jerry never gave a crap. And yeah. basketball was just a, a way to make money for him, which is not what you want from your owners. But I think Michael seems like he actually likes basketball. And so he's like, I'm gonna hire a basketball person that knows about basketball and actually is connected around the league, which I think is like the biggest and most yes. underrated part about hiring Eversley and uh is like they really have the league wired. They have a lot of connections and well look what happened.
1: They signed yeah. two of the top eight agents. Yeah, and they made
0: four, four signing trades. Four, that's crazy.
1: When has that ever happened in the history of the Bulls? Have they signed two legitimate free agents in the same year?
0: Never, never. Not since I've been alive. Uh, technically, they,
1: technically, Boozer and Korver count, but Korver was not a marquee free agent when they signed him.
0: No, he only like really. Started, <laughs> he performed like one. Yeah, um, yeah. He he didn't get uh, like he really popped. I think on that Bulls team. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the like going into free agency, they got two of the, the top guys, and they got the top guy for what they needed, which was half court playmaking and not turning the ball over every, like every other time down the court. Which is and and what the other guy, them. <laughs>
1: and the other guy they got is a very popular, well-known player who plays who, who is signed to the premier agency in the sport.
0: Yeah, who and that and that and that premier it, 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 agency. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That premier agency wanted him to go there too.
0: Yeah. That's big. That I mean that part is really big is that yeah. like Clutch they clearly have a, a a good relationship with Clutch, uh because otherwise Lonzo doesn't go there. Would not be there, yeah. <laughs> and Zach, it seems like um it seems like Zach is uh, you know, has been in lockstep with them and then mm-hmm. he just went and signed with Clutch. So
1: yeah, I, w- I want to reassure kiss there's Bulls fans listening. I mean it, you know, if this things can't be set in stone. Zach's not, Zach's not gonna re-sign it's not gonna be a sure thing to re-sign until the day he re-signs. But um him signing with Clutch is not mean he's going to go into the Lakers because Rich Paul would not do everything he can to get Lonzo, one of his most well-known clients, to Chicago and then take Zach away. Yeah, that like, doesn't make any sense. He he put he he put Lonzo there. He, okay, he I'll, I'll be I'll be fair to player empowerment. He helped Lonzo get to where he wanted to go, which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, to play with Zach long term, that's why Lonzo went there.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: uh... unless they complete if they if they win like 19 games this year, then Zach might leave. But they're gonna win more than that.
0: Yeah, if it, DeRozan, I, I... DeRozan
1: alone is gonna win you like three or four shitty games in March against like the Kings, because that's what he does yeah he's a, a bonus layer
0: i think that um the i think that he uh that they like just i don't know i lost my train of thought <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh i was just gonna say i think that they like they have all these connections to the league now and uh, it just it just doesn't make any sense that the only way oh now i've remembered my point I think that if they are in the ninth or tenth spot, then it's like a legit, like it's live mm-hmm. that maybe mm-hmm. Zach would leave um, because maybe they trade
1: Vooch, maybe they figure out some way to move off of him.
0: Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of a disaster if they if they made all these moves and they still were stuck in the nine or ten spot and like weren't in like that initial group of the of the playoffs, like the real playoffs, basically. Yeah, they like, and that could that, it's
1: not impossible that it happens. Like I think the Celtics almost. By default, have to be better because I'm assuming that their whole team's not going to get COVID this year, <laughs> like, uh, or or going to have horrific knee injuries like Kemba, like, you know. I think the Celtics will be better. I think the Pacers might. There's a chance the Pacers might be legitimately like pretty good because they have a yeah. real basketball coach now. Yeah, and they and they didn't have. I mean, maybe they still don't trade Miles or Sabonis, but Karras is good. Karis is really good, and Karis is a wonderful player for Carlisle. Yeah, and Brogdon's really good. T.J. Yeah, Warren I mean, the, the, will play.
0: The top, the top ten teams in the East, I think, are are all pretty good. So mm-hmm. that, that's the thing that. Will the Hornets kind of
1: been in that, or, or is that? Let me think. Let me think of the Nets, Sixers, Bucks. So let's say Celtics, Heat, let's say Bulls, Pacers.
0: Did we say Knicks? Hawks,
1: Knicks. So that's nine, right?
0: Yeah, and, then, and then Charlotte, I think, was the, the And the, Washington. The, the,
1: Washington's still gonna be around.
0: Yeah. I <sighs> Washington's a lot deeper. Yes. Dinwiddie is a downgrade from Russ, I think, but uh I don't think it's a huge downgrade though. Yeah, and they definitely have a lot more depth and like non uh Gafford,
1: Gafford seems good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's like 11, the, it's really like an 11 deep conference. So it's going to be tough, but hopefully your prediction from before of 45 wins is, and the succeed is accurate. (laughs) Otherwise we're all going to be real sad. (laughs) I don't
1: know, man. I'm still, even if they they bought them out, the fact that they tried, I'm happy.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to like do the hindsight, uh, uh, you know, the, I'm not going to like say burn it down because they, they blew it or whatever, but like, because uh, this is all I. This isn't to do, is this cry. isn't a bears
1: this isn't a bear situation where they made their big huge move, but it was so obviously for the wrong guy, and we all know it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't think I, it's not like they put all their money in and signed like two thousand. It's not like they signed Lance that Lance Stevenson Hornets contract or anything like that. Like <laughs> where it's like, oh, that's not going to work. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the way that some people reacted to the Demar signing uh, made it seem that way, but I don't think I think that was all. It's just because.
1: Oh, it's also like. And you, you could speak on this better than I can. Stats dudes hate him, like, personally.
0: Yeah, he, like, offends some people's sensibilities. Which sucks
1: because, like, he's a wonderful guy.
0: Yeah, and he's
1: Extremely well-liked. And, and is, is he's a also, better player. Is a better player.
0: He's also, like, just become incredibly efficient. Like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, he doesn't shoot threes anymore, but, like, he also shoots... Uh, like 60% 10 feet and in and that's mm-hmm. like the only place that he shoots and you literally can't stop him from getting there <laughs> like um, he, he gets there over and over again to the tune of like 25 points a game
1: and the real problem with DeMar was always that he was miscast as a primary guy yeah and he's not the primary guy here
0: no I mean he'll be part of a, a
1: there'll be nights. there'll be nice, be nice when he's it. the primary guy if Zach misses time maybe he is but Zach is the guy
0: yeah I think that I think that uh, there will be probably times in the half court, or like a, a decent amount of time in the half court, where Demar will be the lead decision maker because I think mm-hmm. he's just a better playmaker than Zach mm-hmm. now. Um, but again, to they're about, gonna, hey. yeah, but they the, they'll be sharing those kind of duties. Him, Zach, and Vooch will all be kind I of holding the yeah. load. Um, so I don't know. Oh, and he, of he, course, of course, Lonzo Ball. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I mean, he, he'll never have had it easier probably uh like as a well maybe he did in toronto but i don't know like even in toronto they like made him the guy way more mm-hmm. than he should have been mm-hmm. um because like lowry is wonderful but he's not really like assertive you know, assertive and like a huge scorer especially then uh, yeah he he got to be more that way but he, he's more of a little things guy than a um give you a A bunch of points every night i
1: i still can't get over like there's flaws to it but i i keep i'm almost again i almost just forgot that they got lonzo for like (laughs) pretty like it's maybe a slight overpay but like lonzo is good there people don't don't think think
0: so i don't even think it's an overpay to be honest like because he you're getting him for his prime years and yeah yeah i think and i I think i think i think
1: i think 20 is roughly starter money now so
0: yeah, I mean, as a cap, I mean, the cap is not like ra- rocketing up, but it's still increasing slightly every year. And I think, yeah, twenty is pretty close to starter money, um, and he's he's definitely a starter. Anyways, anyways, money doesn't up.
1: exist. Money haggling between like eighteen and twenty. Who cares? Yeah, money. Well, money yeah, does not
0: that's, exist. That's my. That's been one of my themes of the the postseason. Is that like cap space is fake? Draft picks are fake. <laughs> like you just use them to to maneuver to get the guys that you want, and you can pretty much always get off contracts. Uh, and you can always and go get the them. other thing
1: is, and I, I hate to say this because I love him, I do as a prospect, and I have the entire process. If this blows up and it doesn't work, people are going to be like, "Oh, how do you get off and How do you get off Demar?" You get off him with Patrick Williams. Yeah, and I, I hate to say it because I love him, but like that's how you get off those guys. Yeah, because.
0: Well, Yeah, and and hopefully it doesn't come to that, but uh, yeah, I mean you can get off of one of those guys with.
1: There's still there's still very much the option, especially if Popovich is going to retire fairly soon, which I think could still happen. Mm -hmm. Um, You can get you could get Vach you could get Vooch that and Pat could go to the Spurs. You get Derek White out of that, and probably maybe Kelton. And you know what? That's that's still a good fucking team. Yeah. God, I, I I do wish they had gotten Derek White somehow. Yeah, that was probably never on the table because the Spurs absolutely love Derek White as they should. He's really good. I think he could win MIP this year if he doesn't get hurt because he's I awesome. I think he's on.
0: I think he's on the board. uh at should most be of the, the the books or whatever. So, um, but that's all. That's also one of the things that like <laughs> he probably won't win MIP because MIP is almost always somebody that's not on the board uh, yeah. before before the season because it's like Jeremy. Almost, uh, it's almost like. It has to be somebody that nobody expects, so mm-hmm. by definition, if they're on the board, some people expect them, and it ends up being, like, not that guy.
1: But yeah, I, listen, I wanted... Uh, my big thing for this offseason, if they couldn't get Lowry, which I don't think was ever really viable, uh, I wanted one of the Pelicans point guards, and we got one, so... Yeah. Devontae is a weirder fit, but Devontae, those games when he... Those those games when you'd have, like, 28-7, and seven, I, I'd be insufferable. I love... I, I love guys who have like, again, my favorite kind of guy is even more than fringe player is like actual decent player who plays a lot, who only who has like two strengths. Carl Landry. Carl Landry <laughs> yeah. was strong and he could shoot 15 footers. That's it. It's the only thing he could do. But he was really, really good at those two things. So he was like a 25 minute a game guy for like 10 years. Yeah. And I love Devante. He is extremely good at throwing bounce passes and he's a very good shooter off the dribble. <laughs> That's all we can yeah. do.
0: Yeah, I remember you were being, you were a Devonte guide uh pre the start of the off season um and he actually went for not very much uh, yeah. money wise but um, and
1: oh. he is a specifically good fit with Zion. Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to run those two pick and roll a lot. Who are you supposed to who like who do you attack? Zion. Guess, you attack Zion. Okay, you, but, yeah. you, you you no, you try and take I'm trying you, you try and stop Zion. Yeah, And then you're just letting Devontae Graham shoot, come, shoot coming around picks, which he's one of the 10 best players in the league at doing. So like yeah. have fun.
0: Yeah, that's true. I guess I was going to say, you you don't attack Devontae because you have to stop Zion because otherwise he's going to dunk on you. Every I mean, time
1: you here. don't stop Zion. It's really what happens, but
0: yeah. Yeah. Even if you attack him, he's still going to shoot like 80% <laughs> at the rim.
1: Like, that's going to be a really, really strong offensively. At least that's going to be a really, really good team at unit, And that's, these are star players. That's what you get. You're paying them for offense.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Well, sorry to, to
1: apologize for Parker there, but they, that's true. They do not pay you for defense.
0: Unfortunately, that is true. Um, well, I think, uh, we've been going for quite a while, so we could probably yeah. wrap up. Um, tell, uh, tell the people where they can follow you
1: at Brian J draft. That's my legal name. Now I changed it.
0: It never been any other name. <laughs> Don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> and my
1: Patreon is at Brian J NBA. I'm uh, starting my college basketball preview thing. I'm I'm, I'm this September. There's not a whole lot I can really do right now without burning myself out, but I'm going to try and write more like a stream of consciousness style, like what I'm thinking of guys during the season stuff this year, instead of just having like numbers. Because I, I, I put out for patrons, I put out a, uh, you can look at my personal draft board, which is not a board. It's a spreadsheet where I have tiers, tier lists and like numbers for guys. Um, that's what I use all the time. Um, but that's that doesn't tell you if I take a guy moving from tier three to tier two, that doesn't tell you what I'm thinking about it. So right. I'll, I'll probably try and write some more stream-conscious stuff.
0: Brian's Patreon is very good. I uh, am a patron. I recommend it. And you should check it out. And Brian is one of the, um, especially as, I mean, this has always been the case, but especially as Draft Twitter keeps getting (laughs) picked off, uh, Brian is uh, one of the very best uh, doing it in the public sphere. So um, you should sign up for his Patreon. Hmm. And uh, I think that's it. So we're going to wrap it here. Bye.